This is Madeline Brand on KCRW. Time now for film reviews. And here with us this week, Allison Wilmore and Whitney Seibold. Allison is film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture. Whitney is a contributor to Slash Film and co-host of the podcast Critically Acclaimed. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We have just two films to review this week. We're going to begin with Blue Beetle. And this is DC's latest superhero films. And let's hear a clip from the trailer. Did you know what was going to happen to my brother when you stuck him with this world-destroying thing? It's called the Scarab. I had no idea it would activate. It has to choose you. So how do we get it to unchoose me? Aha, the ultimate question, how to get unchosen. Allison, another superhero movie, but this is a new character. Tell us more about Blue Beetle. Yeah, you know, Blue Beetle is absolutely a deeper cut character, uh, not really on the kind of cultural footprint level of a Superman or a Batman. Uh, one thing that does set this movie apart from a lot of other superhero movies, especially ones involving younger main characters, is that uh, Jaime's family is in on the secret immediately. They all see it happen and they're very involved throughout this story. This movie has a kind of almost like sitcom vibe oftentimes in terms of the comedy involving uh, this kind of loving and and kind of chaotic family environment. And that certainly is a novelty. Hmm. Uh, I will say about this movie, it is, uh, I would say more coherent and certainly like got a stronger sense of tone than the recent very kind of messy DC movies like Black Adam and The Flash. And I think, I feel like we've run through these beats so many times and so much of the superhero action that happens in this movie just looks as is often the case, you know, like a bunch of computer generated images fighting each other in a computer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, for me, I just couldn't get behind the actual superhero story as much as I appreciated seeing a film that was driven by a family dynamic more than anything else and and by a family dynamic that allows to kind of touch on themes of you know gentrification and also of the insecurity of being undocumented which is strongly evoked in a certain scene involving a raid by court agents Mm -hmm. that uh, seemed very deliberate yeah it's interesting that a lot of the cast is latino whitney what did you think Uh, I I agree with these points. This is just tired. The movie itself even seems impatient. Uh, They introduce a lot of these extraordinary superhero elements, and it just doesn't bother to acknowledge that there's any awe or mystery to any of this at all. And without that awe and mystery, there's no interest for the audience. There's no excitement. There's no thrill to becoming a Blue Beetle. It's just another superhero Mm -hmm. doing the same kind of story in the same kind of universe. It's all very, very predictable. The only element that has any kind of... uh, uh, personality at all is that supporting cast. Uh, another thing that really it, ha- it has going for it is all of the Mexican detail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene early on where somebody's uh, thumbing through channels and you'll see a clip of uh, Guillermo del Toro's film Kronos on the screen and it turns out the scarab in the movie mm-hmm. looks a lot like the creature from the movie Kronos. There's like little details like that that are sort of thrown in. Um, there was even a few moments where uh, audience members in uh, in my screening cheered uh, for instance, when a Blue Beetle passes out, he's woken up with a jar of Vicks VapoRub. So a lot of research and a lot of due mm-hmm. diligence was done to bring those details in. I just wish they thought to make it a more interesting story. As it is, it's just completely right up the middle, predictable, blah boring, beetle. Movie, kind of a blah movie. Blah Beetle instead. Okay, <laughs> Blue Beetle in theaters in wide release beginning today.
Next up, Strays. This is a comedy starring Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. It's about a dog named Reggie who's out for revenge on his owner. We're completely lost, and my little puppy paw pads are really hurting right now. This could be a lot worse. How could this get worse? Ah! Hold on, buddy! Ah! Holy f- That is the craziest thing I have ever seen. And I'm Dennis Quaid, and Dennis Quaid has seen some Whitney, you're laughing. Did you like hmm. this movie? Uh, I mean, kind of. There's a certain integrity uh, from a filmmaker who is just willing to commit to being completely disgusting and crass just from beginning to end. This is a dog comedy. It's The Adventures of Milo and Otis. It's Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, just with as many poop jokes and cuss words and dog dogs having sex jokes that you possibly and could imagine. And it's real dogs, right? Not it's animated real, dogs. The, their mouths are animated, but it's actually trained dogs, uh-huh. which I think goes a long way to make this film watchable. If it was just CGI dogs, you'd be looking at special effects mess throughout the entire movie. Uh, when you're watching real dogs, you're a little distracted. Oh, dog. Uh, I like good gross humor. There are moments that did make me laugh. I could have done with maybe three or four less poop references. <laughs> Allison, was this a dog for you too? <laughs> well, I will say, to be fair, it is not just poop jokes. There are also jokes about humping. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I would say it's, it's almost, it's probably about 50-50 jokes about humping and then poop jokes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I I would agree. I think it's, there. I laughed. Uh, it is a joke that eventually feels like, it doesn't feel like it can sustain itself for the you know 90 minutes or so. By the end, it does start to feel a little threadbare. You know, the very idea of having adorable dogs saying and doing disgusting things. It, You know, the movie it reminded me of was actually Good Boys, which was that Jacob Tremblay comedy, comedy from a few years ago, which it operates on the same thing. In that case, the adorable cast is human. You know, they're like younger kids. But like the idea, the joke is pretty much that they're saying cuss words and they're, they're saying R-rated things. But I still, you know, appreciated its willingness to incorporate just regular dog behavior into jokes. Um, I think I particularly liked a sequence involving um, a fireworks display, first as experienced from the dogs as basically, you know, warfare. And then from a human perspective, everyone looking up and being like, ah. Hmm. So, so there's a lot of, yeah, of that's, humor. Yeah, that's a good that's, callback to yeah. basically L.A. Mm, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Even the humans are kind of more like the dogs in that circumstance. <laughs> Hiding under the table. Hiding, yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, well, it sounds like we're not going to the movies this weekend. That's what it sounds like. Not a real but sense of urgency. Okay. Yeah, there are other <laughs> things to do in August, for sure. Thank you both for your reviews, and thanks for Thank sitting you. through those movies. Uh, yeah, it's my job, ma'am. It wasn't so bad. <laughs> Allison Wilmore, film critic for New York Magazine and Vulture, and Whitney Seibel, contributor to Slash Film and co-host of the podcast Critically Acclaimed. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Thank you.